2 Corinthians 9, verse number 15. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. I am so glad to be saved. How about y'all? Amen. Amen. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. All you bah humbug Scrooges out there that don't like Christmas, you need to get saved. <clears throat> I love it all. Amen. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 15. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I think we can all read that. Let's do it. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. One more time. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you've done for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for illuminating our minds to an understanding of who Jesus truly is. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus Lord, to be everything for us. Lord, there's a big crowd today, and I pray in Jesus' name that you will illuminate the minds of those in this room that do not know you as their Savior. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll search up and down the aisles, up and down the pews, and I pray for that one that's lost. Lord, that's, that doesn't know you as their Savior. I pray today will be the day. Lord, as we just think about and preach about and talk about and hear about the unspeakable gift. I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And we'll be hesitant to give you all the glory. Lord, we will not hesitate to give you all the credit, all the glory, all the honor for this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. As I said earlier, I, I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I do. I love the lights. I love the trees. I love, I love the, the apple cider. I, I love the hot chocolate. I love the cookies, the cocoa, the carols. I love the presents. <clears throat> now, I, y'all know y'all have a very transparent pastor, and, and I'm just going to be straight up honest with y'all. I'm not humble at all. I like gifts. Say Amen. I like them. I like big ones, small ones, wrapped ones, unwrapped ones. Even if you don't even care about it, I like them anyway. Amen. Listen, I don't care about the motivation behind the gift. I just like the gift. Amen. You know, there's something about it. There's, there's something about the excitement. There's something about the joy. I remember growing up in church and, and, and man, I couldn't wait for, I couldn't wait for Christmas season. We always had a, an old fashioned hay ride. Uh, uh, we would do the hot chocolate and, and dad always would have chili. For some reason we had to have chili when we, when we had, uh, uh, the, 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 the Christmas pageant and the Christmas play and all that, man, I look forward to that every year as a little kid growing up, getting to do all of those things and looking forward to what you would get. And, and in this, in this uh, message today, uh, I want to talk about the unspeakable gift. The unspeakable gift. And it's probably not going to be what you think. But in James chapter 1 verse 17, we've got a lot of material covered, so I'm going to go fast if that's okay with you. James 1 17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Above. And cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, if it's good, if it's right, it came from God. Are y'all with me? 
We look at several gifts. There's so many things that we could thank God for. So many, if, if we, we would not have the time if everybody started listing all the things that God has done for them or all the gifts God has given them. But I, I did list a few here that I saw in God's word. First in Ecclesiastes 3.13, it says, and also that every man should eat and drink and joy, <clears throat> say that word, and enjoy, say it again, and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. No, you know what I'm saying? The ability to be fulfilled, the, the ability to be satisfied to the ability to enjoy what you have is a gift from God. You say, Oh, I, I, what do you mean? If I just had more stuff, I'd enjoy it. No, 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 you wouldn't. If you had more stuff, you'd want more. There are people today with everything. They, they, there's nothing they cannot buy, yet they cannot enjoy it. You can buy, you can have the money to buy food, but not have an appetite. You could, you could have money to buy a bed, but not be able to sleep. Are y'all with me? Listen, that is a gift from God. The ability to enjoy what you have is a gift from God. Acts 2.38 says this, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive, say it with me, the my soul, the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a gift from God. But it's still not the unspeakable gift. It's not the unspeakable gift. Fulfillment is not the unspeakable gift, although it is a gift from God. You see, it is a byproduct of the unspeakable gift. The Holy Spirit is a byproduct of the unspeakable gift. Righteousness, Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. What are you saying? That means uh, we have to be righteous to get to heaven. Now we have a problem there because no one is righteous. No one is good. We are all sinners. We're all, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Our righteousness, the best we can do in God's eyes is as filthy rags. So God says, I'm just going to gift you some righteousness. You do not have the righteousness on your own. You do not have your own righteousness. So I'm just going to give you mine as a, as a gift. But you know, even, even, the gift of righteousness, a right standing with God. That's what righteousness means, a right standing with God. Even righteousness is not the unspeakable gift. Righteousness is a byproduct of the unspeakable gift. Then we see verse Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, read it with me, but the is what? Eternal life. Preacher, you say an eternal life is a gift? According to that verse, it is. It is a gift. It is a gift from God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the the ability to live forever, the ability to never die. We may die physically, but we're going to get that body redone. Say amen. In the resurrection, we're going to have a brand new body. We will live forever in in glory with him. That is a gift from God, but it's not the unspeakable gift. It's not the unspeakable gift. It is a byproduct of the unspeakable gift. Listen, eternal life, satisfaction, fulfillment, the Holy Spirit, righteousness, even grace. Ephesians 2, 7 and 8. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by 
grace. Say it with me. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. What? It, meaning grace, it is the. What is grace? It's unmerited favor. Grace is a gift from God. But it's not the unspeakable gift. You see grace and righteousness and eternal life and the Holy Spirit and fulfillment is a byproduct of the uh, unspeakable gift. Then verse, then Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 verse 7 and 8. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. You know what that means? That means spiritual abilities. The gift of administration, the gift of giving, the gift of exhortation, the gift of service. God has given us everything that we need to serve him. God has gifted us in ways and abilities to be able to honor him and glorify him and serve and bless one another. Are y'all with me? You see, these are just gifts from God. But it's not the unspeakable gift. Sometimes I think, I think we get carried away and we get so caught up in the byproducts of the gift that we forget to celebrate and be truly thankful for the unspeakable gift. Richard, you got you to tell us what is the unspeakable gift. Ladies and gentlemen, the unspeakable gift is Jesus himself. Jesus. Jesus all by himself. Listen, he is the gift that God gave to every man. Look what it says in Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, say it with me, he His only begotten son. He gave his only son. Whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Romans 8, 32. Who he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Jesus is the unspeakable gift. Unspeakable means indescribable, unfathomable. We, we, cannot, we cannot fully comprehend. We cannot fully describe and give you a, the, 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 the complete picture of how wonderful and how glorious this picture, or this gift is that God has given us. But I'm going to try. Say amen. I'm a, before we even go into the outline, before we even do that, I, I, I want to tell you this. I've, I've got four girls and I've got a little grandson and, and that little grandson, little Carter Neiman, I wouldn't give him for none of y'all. I, I, I need you to really grasp what I'm trying to tell you. How valuable and how important this unspeakable gift is. I, I, this is now, now keep in mind, this is, imagine having a kid, imagine having a kid that always did what you were supposed to do. I can't imagine. Imagine a kid that did everything that pleased you, never did anything to displease you. Imagine a kid 
who did every single thing that you wanted them to do. Imagine a kid that you could say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. As you read through the scriptures, you see the the love that the father had for the son. You see the bond that they shared together. You see the relationship between father and son. and, And the father was so proud and so loving his son. It's not like, it's not like he gave a rebellious child. There's been times I would give a few just for at least a few hours anyway. We're not, we're not talking about a rebellious kid. We're not talking about one that brings grief. I'm talking about one that was perfect. One that always did what they were supposed to do. Jesus always fulfilled the will of his father. Always did what was pleasing to the father. And he gave him up for you and me. That's how significant this gift is. Now, now there's not a parent in here. There's not a parent in here if you're sane. Would ever give your child up. For a good person, much less a murderer. Are y'all with me? Why is this so indescribable, preacher? Well, number one, let's look at a couple of things and we'll pray. We see the realities of this gift. The realities of this gift. First of all, I want you to write this down. This gift is indescribable. It's so wonderful. It's so glorious. It's so precious because first of all, it's undeserved. This gift was undeserved for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you see that? He died for the ungodly, not the moral, not the good, not the deserving, but the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the undeserving. Christ died for the wicked. Christ died for the sinner. But God commendeth. The word commendeth means to put on display, to exhibit. God said, I love you this much. When Jesus was on the cross, it was God saying, I love you. I know you don't deserve it, but I love you. I know you haven't earned it, but I love you. I know, listen, there's nothing you can do to get this and earn it, but I'm loving you. I'm giving it as a gift. It's undeserving. What makes this gift so special? What makes Christ so special? He's he's undeserved. Then B, it's unprovoked. It's unprovoked. Look in 1 John 4 verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, watch this now, not that we love God, but that and sent his to be the propitiation for our sins. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying God took the initiative. You didn't, you didn't come up with this idea you didn't, you didn't engage God. You didn't find God. God came looking for you. His love toward us, this gift was unprovoked. It wasn't nothing you've done to earn it. It wasn't nothing you've done to get his attention. He loved you. This gift was undeserved. It was unprovoked. Then see, 
This gift is unsearchable. Unsearchable. Look what it says in Ephesians 3, 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Everybody say it with me. The. Okay, I I heard this side only. I don't know if y'all can read over here. Or that you just have a mute button on you. I don't know what happened, but all I heard was here. So I need to hear everybody. Y'all ready? That I should preach among the Gentiles the The unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, when you unwrap this gift, there's no way of finding out all, you remember those byproducts? The Holy Spirit, fulfillment, satisfaction, uh, 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 the whole, uh, eternal life. Y'all with me? All of these things. There is no limit. There's no way to find out all that we got when we unwrap that one. It's him. Jesus. We should be thankful for Jesus. We're so caught up in eternal life and we're so caught up in salvation. But if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have any of that. Oh, we should praise him. We should worship him. Oh, come, let us adore him. He's the unspeakable gift. Jesus. Jesus is the unspeakable gift. Thank God for Jesus. He's not the reason for the season. He's just the reason. We don't need a season. To understand the reason. He's the reason all year long. He's the reason we have hope. He's the reason we have peace. He's the reason we have joy. He's the reason we have hope. He's the reason we have eternal life. He's the reason we have a home in heaven. He's the reason. Jesus. Look at the reason for this gift. Oh, I love this. And matter of fact, I didn't have this till yesterday morning. I had to come and redo all the outlines. Yesterday morning I woke up and man, God was talking to me and and what is so significant about this gift, Jesus, the incarnate child, the son of God who came in flesh and now he's a man. And by the way, he will be in flesh for eternity. He always has been. Keep in mind now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, Jesus didn't, he did not begin to exist in the manger. He always has been. Jesus, the son of God is eternal. When, when God said in the beginning, let us make man in our image. He was talking about God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Ghost. Jesus always has been, but he took upon the form of a man, right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery. In other words, he didn't selfishly hold on to that form. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. But you see, by doing that, that put him in that form forever. So God's son took upon him the form of a servant forever for you. Are y'all with me? Look at this. Look at the reasons for this gift. First, A, write this down. 
He was the substitute for our punishment. He was the substitute for our punishment. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. Now, here's how I need to explain this because you're going to think that B is just the same as A, but it's two different things. A, he was the substitute for our punishment. In other words, he took your place. Man sinned, so man had to be punished. So God became man to take your whipping. The wages or penalty, punishment, payment, the wages of sin is death. So you see, Jesus came and took your place. You were in line to be on the cross. You were guilty of sin. You were guilty of rebellion against a holy God. And because God is holy, he will not sweep sin under the rug and sin must be punished. And the sinner who committed the sin must be punished. He must die. So Jesus said, I will die in your place. You see, this indescribable gift is a substitute for your punishment. Preacher, are you trying to tell me that I'm the one supposed to be on that cross? That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. What's so significant about the cross? The cross represents how God the Father feels about sin. If you want to know what God thinks about sin, look at Calvary. Look at the beating. Look at the cat of nine tails. Look at the, 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 the crown of thorns in his skull. Look at the nails that was driven in his hands and his feet. Look at the beating that he took. Look at the suffering that he went through. Look at the humiliation he went through. All of that was ours. But he took my place. What a gift. You see, B, he not only was the substitute for our punishment, but he was the sacrifice for our pardon. He was the sacrifice for our pardon. How is that different? Let me explain. First John chapter four, verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us. Now watch now. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now what is propitiation? We don't really use that word a lot. All right, we're not around the house saying, I need a propitiation for your... Are y'all with me? It's an appeasement. It's an appeasement. It's a pacification of anger. Are you with me? Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our propitiation means atonement or atoning sacrifice offered to God to appease or pacify his wrath. This is something that's not talked about a lot in, in modern, modern religion or modern churches. We always talk about the grace of God. We talk about the love of God. We talk about the mercy of God. And I love all of those things. And we're going to continue to talk about all those things because it is evident that God is love, but he's also holy. And he's also just. 
He's also righteous and perfect and pure. And because he is holy, he cannot, he cannot, uh, listen, he will not overlook sin. He cannot. He will not. He will not excuse it. He will not overlook it. He will not sweep it under the rug. It must be atoned for. And sin has caused the wrath of God to fall on this world. And it's going to come. It's going to come. It's, it, listen, it's already here. But we know according to the book of Revelation, it's going to get way worse. But to appease his wrath, Jesus became our sacrifice. You see, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. It took blood to appease the wrath of a holy God. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But you see, throughout the ages, they would sacrifice lambs or they would sacrifice calves or they would sacrifice bulls, but it was not enough. It would only pacify the anger of God for one year. They would come and put, bring the offering into the Holy of Holies in the temple. And, and, and every year it had to be redone. Every year it had to be, listen, it would cry out. Listen, the holiness of God from the Ark of the Covenant would cry out. And the high priest would come and they would offer that lamb. And when they would offer that lamb, it would say, it would say, pacified or one year, one year. But then John saw a man walking down the river Jordan and said, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin. Hallelujah. I feel God run up all down my spine. Behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You see, he didn't, he didn't just was a substitute for my penalty or my punishment. He became the sacrifice for my pardon. When Jesus took his blood to the mercy seat in glory, that mercy seat said, satisfied, satisfied. No more lambs had to die. No more sacrifices had to be made. It was paid in full. What a gift. You see, he was a substitute for our punishment. He was the sacrifice for our pardon. Then see, he was the servant for our pattern. He was the servant for our pattern. First Peter 2, 21. For even here and two were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us and come on everybody, leaving us and that ye should follow his John 13, 15 says, for I have given you and that ye should do as I have done to you. Preacher, I just don't know how I should live. We'll read the Bible. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. We're going to wrap this up. Jesus taught you how to live from the beginning to the end. I mean, even down to 12 years old. Are y'all with me? He gave us an example. He came and he lived 33 years on this earth and he walked on this planet to give you a pattern to follow. Jesus showed us how to live. He showed us how to forgive. He showed us how to love. He showed us how to serve. 
He, he showed us how to endure mistreatment. He showed us how to deal with trouble. He showed us what to do when we have frustration. He showed us what to do. He taught us how to pray. Listen, he taught us how to live. But he also taught us how to die. In the garden, in the garden, he prayed. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. If there be any other way, Father, I know you can do all things, but if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Listen, he's our pattern. What a, what a gift. What a gift. When, when, I, when I first saw this verse, I, 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 I just assumed that this unspeakable gift was salvation. But it's not. Salvation is a byproduct of the gift. And the gift was God giving you his son. Will you worship him? Will you love him? Will you appreciate him? Will you submit to him? Will you surrender your life to this unspeakable gift? Because every gift in your life is a byproduct of the gift. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. This verse says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He who spared not his own son, but gave him up. Think about those words, gave him up. For broken sinners like you and me. What a gift. What a gift that arrived. Listen, when the angels declared to the shepherds in the fields, they were in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. They said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Savior means rescuer, deliverer. How many of y'all know that people need a Savior? Listen, we talk about sin because you need to understand a sinner needs a Savior. If all we were was sick, he had sent a physician, but we were sinful, so we needed a savior. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. 